Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Short, Pale, and Handsome Podcast. Hello. I'm your boy, Loy Lee. This is my best friend, Tunan Vu. What's good, everybody? It's, uh, what, what's today? Uh, Tuesday? September Tuesday. 17th? How was your Labor Day? It was good. It was good. Did you take the day off? Uh, yeah, took the day off. I uh, grilled a steak. Well, I shouldn't say grilled. I pan-seared a steak. That makes it sound way fancier than it is. Yeah. But that's, Sounds like that's a lot what more, it is, right? Yeah, like a lot more utensils required. It's not. Right. It was just salt, pepper, <laughs> and a ribeye steak from Whole Foods, which I'm, um, I'm not a Whole Foods guy. I don't know if you buy into like the no, organic stuff. Not at all. But man, they had ribeyes on sale for 10 bucks a pound. I and think, it's probably one of the better steaks I've had I think, from the grocery I store. I think you told me about halal. Go halal. Go to like a halal shop. Right. So I've been like, um, you know, the thing about being single is you try to sell yourself pretty, pretty hard, right? Are you Amazon Prime? I am Amazon Prime. Okay, that makes sense. Where you're like, I got to save the 5%. Well, that, but like, like the thing was like, I'm just trying to get good at making like really like two or three dishes mm. so you can invite somebody over and be like, oh, hey, what's up? No, no, like, come on in. Like, I- I'm just wrapping up dinner right now. I'll have it ready for you, you know? Where, where it's, you, it's a whole show. <laughs> it's like a steak, but it's like, no, it's pan seared ribeye. Like, you add as many words to the dish as possible. Right. And you're like, wow, that's so fancy. Like, no, it's literally a steak that I right, right. can't like, afford to grill. Like, so, so um, the halal thing that I mentioned to you, I've been trying to learn how to make beef ribs um, mm-hmm. in the oven. Nothing special again, but low and slow, low and slow. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I found out the halal market sells like um, beef ribs, which are kind of hard to find at the grocery store because they're huge. They're huge. Yeah. So uh, five bucks a pound down the street, from which my is place. amazing. And, Great. And if you're on that, like, um, you know, the organic or, you know, right, that, right. that tip, halal or kosher is like definitely the way to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. The funny thing is, is like I put four hours into making it. I shouldn't say I put four hours. It sat in the oven for four hours. And then um, <laughs> I had to wait four hours to eat it. <laughs> it's a glorified microwave, you know. <laughs> um, and then I had all that time. But instead of like making the sides, I just went to the barbecue spot and just, yeah. <laughs> just picked up all the sides i need four cups of potatoes four cups you're like i need a large uh i'm a i'm a collard greens guy man the south has taught me well interesting collard greens and hot sauce i, I wanted to ask you about that like right. do you feel that where you're from like um uh norfolk uh virginia beach that area do you find that like being more south like do you find that like the south it, it's not the south but it is southern like they have southern antics Mm. Right? Like, they still say, God bless your soul and God bless your heart. That's never good. Like, somebody <laughs> says, like, somebody says that, that's not, that's not good. You know, like, that means you're like fucking that. up. Yeah. Uh, God, God bless your soul. Oh, you yeah. know, like, when I moved out here, I was like, man, people are so rude. I, I think that DC. But it's not. It's yeah. just like the attitude. I think DC is very much like a touch of the Northeast right. and a touch of the South. Right, like it, it's very strange, but it's like right there in the middle. Right, uh, you know when you go down south, like you go to like South Carolina, it it's right. strange. Like they're they don't want they will not let racism fuck up their hot southern hospitality. They're racist, but like they they won't show it. Not like oh, yeah. Mississippi, you know. Oh yeah, I don't know why I'm banging on Mississippi today, but <laughs> but you know they're like, oh hey, how are you? Like oh Jesus and, Christ. And the thing is, like <laughs> you hear the accent. Like yeah. my mom lives in. My mom and sister live in Thomasville, Georgia, which is like 45, 30 minutes away from uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, shit. You know, like Florida yeah, yeah. State. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, 
But anyways, it's like real, real Southern down there. Interesting. And I felt really out of place for not having the Southern accent. Well, it's funny that Florida, especially Tallahassee, like that area doesn't seem Southern at all. It's very Florida. But when you go like 20 minutes North and you're like, oh, this is a whole new world. Right. But even Tallahassee in itself is kind of a little odd. And it's, it's funny how like you watch all these like, um, college sports and everything and then you find out like oh you hear Tallahassee or you hear like certain like cities Mm -hmm. like Blacksburg for Virginia Tech and you go out there and you're like there's nothing here there's there's the college yeah that's that's it but that's kind of like the way that's what you want as a college like as a college student you need to be protected from yourself so (laughs) they need to make it as difficult to do anything else off of campus as possible right no I'm not knocking (laughs) I'm I'm just saying that like you hear like from for me like growing up in Virginia Beach I was like man everyone goes to like Virginia Tech like Mm -hmm. that was kind of a very glorified school from uh, where I'm from because of you hear the big names we had a lot of big athletes that went there Mm -hmm. and then I dated a girl that went to school there. I went to go visit her. I was like, there's nothing but farms out here. Yeah. But, but I mean, the school is like, it's really popping. Like the student life there is awesome. So it's kind of like, uh, when you go, when you think of Boston schools, for some reason, UMass Amherst gets thrown into that, but UMass Amherst is, Amherst is like two, three hours away from, from Boston altogether. And it's in the middle of like, there's no direct highway. You get off the freeway and it's another hour, like off of the freeway. And, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, and there's five schools. One of them happens to be an all-girls all school, which, you know, shout out to Smith. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Smith College, yo. But uh, the funny thing about Boston is that we call it the fuck truck. Hmm. And it is a bus. It's like a bus system dedicated to students that literally go that goes from one college to the next. And it's all day. It's like every 30 minutes, you can jump on the fuck truck and go to a different college. Wow. So shout out to Smith. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to uh, the Boston fuck truck. You know, if uh, if you've ever been to BU, BC, uh, Emerson, uh, Wellesley, uh, MIT, Harvard, there it's like a it's like a bus that just goes all the way around, huh. and that's how that's how kids uh, procreate out there. It's fun, but it's 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 not the city. So Amherst is, is very much like that. It's like out right. in the middle of the sticks, nowhere. If you're driving there, especially in the middle of the night, it looks like you're going to get killed in a cabin somewhere out there. Like that's how <laughs> far out in the sticks it is. Wow. Well, shout out to those schools. Speaking of shout outs, I want to shout out my boy, DJ Nam. DJ Nam. I met DJ Nam the same day I met you. Right. At the block in Virginia. He's a great guy. He, he gives me a lot of uh, shit for never... Rocking his shirt, so no you excuses. A, you had a very interesting concept of not. I always think that like you should always wear black shirts, and you are apparently I, I opposed. Don't wear black shirts. I wear a lot of uh, white shirts and yellow shirts, and you it, just, it, like t-shirts. Like right. when I wear button-ups, I wear some pretty loud button-ups. But um, I shop at the Gap. But you don't wear any black t-shirts. No, not really. I've got a couple. I mean, interesting. But I, I used to wear a lot of black shirts. Um, you know, back when I used to be in like emo bands and screamo bands and post hardcore and whatever punk bands and you know, like and it's funny. I, I don't know. I don't know what changed. Maybe it's like I got more into hip hop and got more into like wearing different colors. Because like there was a time when like you know your your Pharrells and your Kanyes and all them were wearing very loud, vibrant colors, which was a good era in hip hop for sure. And I mean, not to say that people don't do it now, but 
I think I changed from wearing like just regular blue jeans to black jeans, and I didn't really like wearing black on black as much. I, I think I think I've become lazy in my old age, so I wear a lot of black. Yeah. It's just so you don't know if it's dirty or not. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, these black. And, and on top of that, I have like four of the same exact pants. I just buy four. No, no, I've got like literally ten pairs of the same black Levi jeans. Do you wear them all like in the sequence, or do you just wait for one to get fucked up and then you just pull another one out of the case? Currently, I wait for them to get fucked up. Like so, like. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the summer, I went and I saw that there was, um, I'm a big fan of twill. I don't know if twill, it's a material. So like I'm a big fan of twill material like, think, versus uh, wearing denim. I'm thinking like tweed, but what's twill? Twill. Actually, this is twill. Oh. It's like it's like a tougher khaki. Mm, okay. So it's like a cross between khaki right, and right. denim. Okay. Right. Uh, I, wear, I wear a decent amount of that too. So like I wear a lot of twill and um, yeah, I'd say that I have a... Uh, at least four pairs of twelve pants I haven't worn, but it's because I saw them on sale for like twenty twenty five bucks. And so twenty five dollars is still expensive to me. Well, no, no, it, it, it is, it is. Don't get me wrong, but when like you know they're Levi's and they're going for like eighty bucks a pop. Yeah, right, right. You know, it, your your mom was raised by. I mean, your your boy was raised by an Asian mom, so I know how to shop the deal. What What's funny was I was when I was in the Philippines, they you know everyone's like, hey, can you bring some Levi's? It, we're like as if they were cheap, and I was like, and I hadn't I hadn't worn Levi's in years, so right. you know you go go to like Ross, and they're still like, are Dickies still big over there? They are, and Lee jeans. Like I almost bought a pair of Lee jeans just to bring them over. My my friend. His brother's band is pretty popular in the Philippines. Okay. They're called Slapshock. And um, they're kind of like your, uh, what is that band um, I'm thinking of? Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> no. Oasis. Um, they're kind of like along your like Incubus or okay, maybe a little heavier than that. Okay. But that style, mm-hmm. if you will. Which doesn't like experimental, really. Experimental, like kind of like. Harder rock, right? Which doesn't really fit into like the Filipino landscape in general, dude. But they were they they played like a couple years ago. There's like some big tsunami, and they played this big benefit concert in India for wow. and everything. But um, but this band was sponsored by Dickies, and they said, "Yeah, man, Dickies is huge over there." And I never would have believed it. I mean, I, I like Dickies actually. You know, yeah, I'm a huge Dickie fan. Two 2000s wearing like the work pants and stuff like that because Blink 182 wore it. I mean, I wore that when I was like in LA forever yeah. for like 10 years. I lived, but I would actually because they didn't come like really fashionable, they came really, really big or they came like that weird taper, like right. big in the thigh and crotch. Well, and, like, like especially like um, in the skate scene when I was in middle school and elementary school, we used to wear like the shorts yes. and they just looked like baggy capris. You know what I mean? Because they like were, you, they're but, way past your knee. But you but, wore them like six sizes too big. That's why. <laughs> you have a chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but but then you wore like black socks, so you literally only had like four inches yeah. of calf showing. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would be like, you have sticks for legs. Why are you even wearing high socks? And then your shoes were the same size as the shoe boxes that they came in. That's fucked up. You know what I mean? That's so fucked up. That's just what skate shoes were. Yeah. Um, the SBs, uh, that's when I started getting into like uh, the Nike SBs. Right. Because like, oh, they're so comfortable. But then I was like, oh, do you skate? Like, motherfucker, no. Man, my story goes back. I don't know if you remember this shoe, but there's a shoe made by this company called Osiris. It's called the D3. Yes, I remember this. Oh, my God. And they were like, they were like super expensive. They were expensive. They were like, I think during, so this story is like what? Got to be like early 2000s, so almost 20 years ago. 
Wow. And um, to buy a pair of those shoes was like, I think, 110 bucks. Which but was, that was crazy back then. Right, because like I think the most expensive skate shoes were like, 80 bucks and even then you were like oh my gosh that's outrageous with the dcs the yeah, yeah the dc the airwalks the, the dvs yeah, and yeah. stuff like that i i always wore them because they were comfortable i love flat flat bottom uh sneakers but right. um because i'm flat-footed but yeah. yeah i remember wearing dcs and they were like 70 bucks yeah and they were like pretty expensive and you're kind of like oh my gosh yeah but and, yeah, man. And then Nike came out with the SB Dunks, uh, sp- yep. specifically for skateboarding, and uh, those were like a hundred twenty. Because like, it, and it depended like which colorway came out because the colorway yep. changed every month, right? And right. like, they might be some real exclusive. I had these ones; they were uh, SB High Tops. I used to work Ooh. at a skate shop oh, that were. Um, of course, you did. <laughs> skate and surf shop. No, no surprise there. But, they call, I don't know if you're familiar. Called Zoomies. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> it was a local shop, so we got like the real exclusive stuff. Mm. And the shop owner overbought this one uh, high top dunk called the Ferris Bueller's. Oh yeah! Oh shit! So they were like they had like a dark and a light brown, mostly white shoe mm-hmm. with a black check. Mm-hmm. And the shoelaces and the inside of the shoe had leopard print. Yep. So it looked like Ferris Bueller's looked, outfit from the movie. Uh, from the cover, right? Uh, from right. the movie poster, yes. Right. With uh, Matthew Broderick, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I loved that movie growing up. And because he overbought this shoe, I was able to buy it on sale for twenty five bucks. I think you could turn around, like assuming, let's say, assume you had a pair, right? right? And, and you had a turn. I think you could get them like four or five hundred dollars now. Yeah, no, I saw it. I think on Flight Club or something yep. like that. Or what do they got now? Uh, Stock X. Stock X. I saw something like that. It was wild. It was wild. <laughs> but my thing is, is like. And this is going to make me sound really cheesy and corny to like the audience. Here we go. <laughs> your boy's a soul skater, so <laughs> do you remember Brink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, my whole thing was like, if I'm going to buy these shoes, I'm going to skate them. So I, I this is when I was at ODU, but, like in college, and I would skate them, and people were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm yeah, like, "I'm skateboarding. That, what are you doing?" But that makes sense. Like, you know, growing up in the '80s and '90s, like you didn't. You didn't collect shit. Like baseball cards, right, maybe. Right. But why would I? Why would I spend a hundred? Which back then was like two hundred dollars. I felt like it was like two hundred dollars, right? right? You go two hundred dollars for a pair of sneakers you're never going to wear. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Like that didn't make any sense. Even now, even now, I've got a little bit of money, and like a new Jordans will come out, and right. I'll go oh, okay. I'll wait for it to go on clearance, <laughs> and I'll buy pay for ninety dollars, and I and I'll wear them. I, I can't even for ninety dollars. I can't think of not wearing the sneakers I bought. I bought this. Really rare high top dunk called the Thai Temples because oh, this um, pro skater Eric Costin signed with Nike, mm-hmm. which was a huge move because at the time like nobody was really signing. Well, Paul Nike, Rodriguez. Pe- people yeah, people wanted to be with Nike, but at the same time it was like that whole clash like if you sign with Nike, you're buying into corporate America and all this stuff. And then he went and did it, and it was like okay, well Nike's acceptable now. <laughs> But he didn't have, like, a shoe. It was just, like, a colorway that was inspired by his, like, Thai roots. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, white with gold. And then it had, like, a maroon and navy blue kind of trim. Uh, kind of, like, Thai colors and, and stuff. Didn't it have, like, Angkor Wat? Uh, or, like, a not Angkor Wat, but, like, a, uh, a temple embroidered I, I forget on the heel. what they had. They had something. Mm-hmm. And I never wore it. I had the original receipt. And my whole thing was, like, man, this would be so cool to give to my kid one day. And then student loans hit. Your heart is in the right place. Like, I'm going to give my kid something. And then it's like you a know? pair of sneakers that are but, deteriorating. But like, But it's cool. And like I never wore them. And I kept them for like 
three years after I bought them. And then I was in between jobs and I was moving around and I was like, what can I get for these Nikes? And I bought them for a hundred, I think. And I resold them for four fifty. Woo. Woo. Man, I, I think I yeah. think the only sneaker that I ever resold, and I'm kind of upset about it, was uh, uh, the Pacquiao, the Blackout Trainers. Yeah. Uh, I got it because a, a buddy of mine was working, and for whatever reason, uh, his shop, nobody knew that they had it. So he, right. when I walked in, like, literally the next day, they still had, like, six pairs. Oh, so wow. I, so, you know, I cleaned out my bank account, which is not a lot. It was... You know, I think about four pairs. I turned on myself for triple each. So wow. But besides that, it's like I can't do it, bro. It was easy for me working at the skate shop because we would see what we were getting. Mm-hmm. Like we knew certain colorways were coming out. Some of them were quick strikes where you they would just send you a uh, an invoice and say, "Do you want this or not? You don't know what you're getting, but these are the sizes." And then they would just show up. And that was the early 2000s, so there right. wasn't, like, people camping out as much as it is now. Quick no, no, people, people were still camping out. Really? Like, cause early people 2000? Would, people would come in, and, like, even before I, I worked there, um, they released the Heinekens. Yes. And then I remember Those hearing like the stories. They were, like, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, like, we knew we were getting them. We'd tell people, and then we'd have, like, a midnight release for them. <sighs> I wouldn't tell nobody. That's insane. Because you sit there and go, like, why would I even bother? Because it's not like the faster I sell them, the better it's going to be. I, I wouldn't sell them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, your size, which has happened to be my size. We're all out, bro. Sorry. Cat, I, I worked at a Foot Locker uh, for, like, maybe part-time for two years. Yeah. Um, and that was what we were doing. Like, we'd put our side, put cash on top of it, and then just be like, yeah, we're sold out. Even though it would be the first guy in line, he'd be like, yeah, size nine. I'd be like, yeah, bro, we, we didn't get it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you guys got a size run. And, like, what size are you? I'm like, I'm at eight. <laughs> I'm not a nine. Whatever size not a nine is. Uh, but they're shady. Yeah, always shadiness. Yeah. You got your discount on it too, didn't you? Uh yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't a lot. Twenty yeah. percent, which, you know, when your tax is ten percent, right. it doesn't really do much. Well, thanks for saving three dollars. At our shop it was like a mom and pop, so they're like yeah, you're not getting any discounts off Nikes for a month. Like like the first yeah. like month that we have them. I would pay extra. I mean, we pay extra now so we could have it. So right. I don't care about the discount. I just want You to wanted be sh- a shoe. Uh, yeah, I want to be sure that I can get it. Right, right. Um, okay, so let's talk about some beer. I'm thirsty. What, 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 right. what, what beer you bring? So this is uh, Aslan. Aslan. Uh, Alexandria and Herndon. Um, they've got a pretty cool story because they were in Herndon. They were so busy and taking up so much parking lot space that, um, you know, they made them shut their tasting room down. And then so they built a tasting room out in Alexandria a few months ago. Mm. This one is called Master of Oranges. It's a combination of um, Master of Karate and <laughs> a Double Orange Starfish. So should be pretty tasty. Okay, and what's the... Oh, it's 8.4. Fuck yeah. Here we... It's a pale India ale. Double India. Double, double, yeah. It's a dipper. Double IPA. Okay, here we go. And I hate IPA, so this, let's so, see how this goes. Cheers. cheers. Not as bitter? Not horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. Don't get me wrong. 
it, it's not you. It's me. I, uh, you know, um, it's not bad. Actually, the kick of orange. The orange helps. Right. The orange definitely helps. I think I, I get why you wouldn't enjoy it, but I think it's more bearable than the ones that you've had, right? I agree. Um, because the other ones, I felt like I'm just eating like handful of wheat or something. Right, right. It's not good. So no, the orange, that's what I like about this one. They do one called a Grove Stand, which is like... Um, a, what do they call it? Milkshake IPA. So it has okay. lactose and it's almost like creamy, like a creamsicle. Mm. Lactose. And, yeah. Because uh, I want to shit myself for the rest <laughs> of the day. Are you, wait, are you like, you know, like they say Asian people are like lactose and yeah. all that? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm is lactose. I, I think when people say lactose intolerant, it's like pass or fail. I'm literally intolerant. Like I, I, I barely tolerate it. So depending on, like I can eat cheese, I can eat ice cream, but sometimes there's a wild card. <laughs> Clear your schedule, bro. <laughs> we got we got shit to do today, and it happens. But uh, this is my favorite brewery in this area. Okay. You, um, Second favorite brewery in Virginia. First favorite brewery is in um, Port City. No, uh, Richmond. Richmond. Mm. Uh, this place called uh, the Answer Brew Pub. You were talking about you were talking about this last time, right? I think so. I'm gonna have to stop by and bring some stuff. People wait in line. Um, I don't know if they wait in line. It's more of like a bar. They don't really can stuff. Uh, so you have you, to drink it there. Weren't you talking about uh, people, like the beer culture has become like the sneaker culture at this point. Yeah. People are waiting in line. Yeah. You know, there's quick strikes. Well, like this place, when they when they brew beer and it's like a limited release, like they only let you buy so many, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole trading culture for it. Trade I just heard culture. two friends. Well, I shouldn't say two friends. My friend and one of his trading friends mm-hmm. got into a big falling out. I wouldn't say falling up an argument over the weekend. So, um, you know, they trade beers, and he said, I'm going to send you this. The other guy was like, this is what I'm going to send you, plus I'm going to send you a couple perks because you're my boy. They get the exchange. They, they ship it to each other. One friend goes, hey, man, this is trash. What you oh, sent me, this is not worth it. Yeah. And the more senior friend who's been involved in drinking beer and Chasing after this culture for so long felt very offended. It's like, well, you're not getting anymore. Damn, he got cut off. <laughs> well, you know, I, I find that I find that strange. Just because, like, like with sneakers, they fit or they don't fit, right? right. And it's like you know, it's all aesthetic. It's it's almost bar- it's barely subjective. Either you like it or you don't. Right. Where um, with beer, then you have to explain it. Like, oh, it's it's you know. I want people to do like a blind tasting with beer. And tell me how good it is. And then find out, like, oh, it's just Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> it's Miller High Life, which I'm a sucker for. I'll, I'll drink Miller High Life. I love Miller High Life. That was my college beer. You were telling me, but you were drinking it out of the cans. No, I was drinking it out of the bottles. You used to get 12 bottles for Eight bucks. $7 <laughs> at the grocery store. What do you mean, used to? You could do it right now. No, I was getting like a. This tw- area is expensive, though. A 12 pack for $8.99? Here? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn, I need some some it, of that champagne of beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like less than a dollar. It's like about a dollar and some, yeah. a little bit of change per, which is um, wait, no, no, the, it's less than a dollar for the six pack. Oh, for, yeah. for whatever reason, like the six pack is like seven bucks, but like the twelve pack is like nine dollars for whatever yeah. reason. So next time we're gonna bring some Miller High Life. <laughs> we're just yeah. gonna get ripped. <laughs> uh, this is good though. Actually, this is. Uh, as much as I feared, I feared it to the point where I went out and bought. But no, no, we're going to dip into that too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do that too. Yeah, let's awesome. see that. Awesome. Let's see that. Uh, so, what? Um, so Labor Day, you you grill the steak. Grill the steak. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. 
Um, uh, shout out to Aslan for this hat too. They didn't oh, give shit. it to me, but I bought it, and I really enjoy their product. So, if anyone cares, is there a website? Uh, I don't know. I just go on their Instagram. Oh. Aslan Beer Company. A S L I N. Aslan. Yeah. Which is that the same as like the Thor Aslan? I never gave it that much notice. I think we were talking about last time you brought this up. I think we were talking about was it like Narnia? And oh, why do I always wait? Asgard is Asgard. Thor. Aslan. Yeah, my my head is. <laughs> You're not even drunk. I'm yet. not even bent yet. <laughs> Uh, but you you blew my mind. You blew my mind when uh, you were saying that uh, Narnia, the, those books, is like has religious connotation to it. Which yeah, Christian connotation. I didn't. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was like mind numbing. Like oh, just the parallels. Right. So fuck you for ruining that for me, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, now I can't even look at it differently. Dude, do you not eat a Chick Fil A? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I wish. That Chick-fil-A wasn't as good as it really is, <laughs> first of all. Like, right. like, and I wish they weren't so nice. Right. Because when you go there, they just like, oh, it was my pleasure to serve you, which makes you feel some kind of way, like deep down <laughs> inside. And they walk around like, can I get you a refill? Have you, have you been to that cookout? Uh, yeah, in the South. Right. Yeah, it's like a rib spot, right? Like barbecue spot. Kind of, I wouldn't call it a barbecue. It's more like, think of it like a picnic, like yeah. what you do at a picnic, like burgers, hot dogs. Yes. They have a little bit of barbecue, and it's like a tray, and it's like a heaping tray dude, for twelve dollars or something. No, dude, it's way way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> they give you they give you two uh they give you one entree, two sides, and a drink, right? Mm-hmm. For five dollars, and like your entree will be like, you know. Three tenders, a chicken sandwich, a burger, and then your sides will be like onion rings, fries, hush puppies, but you also have like a chicken wrap as a side. <laughs> like, but it's or, like, it's like, it's, but I remember, I remember being drunk. Right. They stuff everything in this, like, you know, like a to go like box. Yep. And it's, it's heaping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, and it's, it doesn't even close. Right. And it's only five bucks. And then they're like, for a dollar, you can have any milkshake you want. And they have, like, all these flavors, and you just mix it all together. And it's just, like, very gluttonous in a good be- way. Because you, because if it wasn't cheap, then everyone would be like, I'll just go to, I'll just go to Waffle House. But, but, no, but the thing is, it's like, you got to, I wonder, like, how do they stay in business? But my whole point with bringing that up was just, they're heavily Christian-based, too. So when you mm. go in there, their music, I don't know if they have lyrics, but they play, like, um contemporary like christian songs like mm-hmm. hill song kind of stuff and then Dope. at the bottom of their cups they always have like um john three sixteen, right like stuff like that but not the full scripture mm-hmm. i don't think yo cook how do you make money <laughs> I, I think you know when, especially when you go down south and you listen to music like i i fear realizing that i'm listening to something that i didn't know i was listening to like when you turn the radio on and it's like either christian music or it could be some like old confederate shit and the difference is glory either it's the glory of god or old glory faded glory like if it's a past tense glory you're listening to some racist shit and i was listening to a radio station and i'm like huh why do they keep on saying old glory faded glory and i'm like Oh, it's like basically WKKKK. So, not to get into this too heavy, but... Too late. <laughs> well, like, 
I'm a Christian. And when I hear like, I remember when I, I used to go to like, my friends would invite me to these like Christian mega churches and I go and listen to those. Oh man. And you're, you're sitting there for the first time. You're like, yo, I get it. Like this music's so inspiring. It's like going to a concert and then you hear it again, like on a CD and you're like, man, this is really good. And then after a while I was going to it, I was like, yeah, this shit's corny. Yeah. Like it's like, but the production behind it is like, it's great, man. Because you're going to basically a free show that you put in how much, however much you want, you donate whatever you want, but you're going to like a a production, like a a concert. It's, it's very, very lavish and very gaudy. Like, um, (laughs) not godly, but gaudy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, a church is gaudy. Continue. <laughs> but I always went to like small churches and mm-hmm. growing up I was like raised Catholic. Oh yeah. So it was like this like on like the non-denominational Christian side being very modern, it was mm-hmm. like, yo, my pastor wears skinny jeans too. What's up? He's wearing Yeezys. Actually, like uh the pastor of the church that my friends used to invite me to is Wave Church in Virginia Beach. Okay. His Shout name out. is uh Carl something, but he ended up like they built another church in New York, and that's the one where all the celebrities like Bieber and all that stuff goes. Okay. And he became Bieber's pastor. Oh, okay. But like, I don't really buy into that stuff. Like, if my pastor, like my church that I haven't found a church out here, but the um, pastor that I talk to, I mean, he's cool as shit. He looks like me when I turned sixty. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's I don't know he's he's a great guy but it's small church I, I go for church because like when I did was more for uh, myself uh, and community you know what I mean like going to church a lot doesn't make you a better person no not at all <laughs> actually I mean depending on who you ask it might actually make you a worse person for sure I would agree with that but I mean I didn't mean to go on a whole rant I thought it was just really funny because like um this whole cookout and Chick-fil-A and all this stuff. Like, I was raised in a small church. Okay. Uh, and then it increasingly got large. Like, it went from maybe 100 people congregation to easily six, 700 people in, like, a short, short period of time. And uh, we moved. Uh, something happened where we bought a, 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 they bought a shit ton of land in the in the town that, uh, that I grew up in. And then they sold, like, the f- street-facing half of it to Walmart. And so they, we had all this money and then we built this like, you know, uh, probably a 1500 seater, easily a 1500 seater with like a basketball court and all this. Um, and it just kind of got, I don't want to say mega church E, but it got, it got kind of odd nonetheless. Yeah. Like, you know, when old people prefer to go to like a, a small bank, like a small credit union, right. and then that credit union gets bought out by like Chase and right. it gets weird. Right. That's how I felt. And I'm 12 at the time. Like it felt yeah. strange. No, I feel you because I used to go to this one church and uh, one of my best friends growing up was the pastor's son. And we got really, no, we got really cool because like <laughs> we just go out and get wild. Like, yeah, I'll yeah, be real yeah. with you. Like <clears throat> uh, The only one that could ever teach me was a son of a preacher man <laughs> <laughs> but like it was cool like because we were both into music i mean we weren't doing drugs or drinking i actually didn't drink until i was 19 and i just don't really mess around with drugs but like the whole thing was we would just always stay out and do dumb shit that's really what it was yeah and then you got in trouble you would have you'd be holding the bag because oh, like man. i'm the pastor son 
No, well, you know what it was? Was like <laughs> I don't trust I guess, those guys. I guess like he, he didn't have a bad rap, but he didn't have the greatest rap. Like yeah, people, a, he was beloved. He's a pastor's son, but they're like, oh well, you know, there's Jack and. Now there's Tuna on the kid that goes and plays music late night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, those, those, those regardless big, of how good you do, right? Yeah, those those big churches. Like, I, I don't know how anyone can really get anything from it. Like, I'm watching the. Uh, have you seen the Kanye West uh, oh, like church? The, the yeah, the church service stuff. Yeah, it's very strange to me. Like, because I feel like uh, people get swept up into the moment of other people's moments. Right. I actually like the Kanye stuff, but it's not because um I like the Kanye stuff because the music. The music but also like how he's doing his own spin on it, but also the fact of like him just being himself too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so like to to take away like the whole like religion aspect for a second, right? Okay. And to know that people can kind of congregate and share a moment of bliss, right? And do something a little bit different. Connect through music. It, it, still, it still shows that like um, live performances still have has a great, great volume. I think sometimes, and especially me being older, um, I think EDM music's like fine. But when I go and just see a DJ play like a playlist, like it's kind of like a little lackluster. Yeah, to me. but but. but that's what kids love right now. So to see like what Kanye's doing and it has his band and you know, mm, like mm. he's like uh, used like sampled like old songs or whatever to bring it new light. I appreciate the artistry of it. I, the, the message and all that stuff is not clear to me, but I appreciate whatever he's doing. Yeah. So, so I, I think that, you know, EDM, I like it. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, you listen in your car. It's it's interesting. That's fine. Sure. No big deal. Uh, uh, but when you go to a club, like a, a Vegas club, and it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and these kids are just all out of their minds, all in sync, all sharing a moment, it doesn't – the music when you listen to the car, it, it cannot equate to that experience, that sure. one experience. And I think that's kind of what we are as humans is like we strive to have a moment with other people just so we know that we're not alone. Right. You know, you know what was very odd to me when I moved here was... Um, the clubs are garbage out here? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially the DJs. They can't transition for shit, man. It, it's worse than a playlist. Man, like, you don't know how many times I hear like the record cut, like, and then I'm going to play whatever song. It's like... Come on, man. Have a little bit more finesse to this. It's almost like you could put together the track before you even got here, and you could just hit play. No one would notice the difference. You know, like, so coming from Virginia Beach and Norfolk, whenever you went to the club, you were expecting to hear hip-hop. Yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, and pop music <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the thing was, like, you go out to the club to dance and get drunk and, you know, like, you know, yeah. maybe borrow a little friction from a stranger. Um, <laughs> stranger than friction? <laughs> Wait, wait, how did you pronounce it? What? It, it, Virginia Beach and? Oh, yeah, you said it wrong earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Norfolk, yeah. Norfolk. Actually, if you're really Southern, you say Norfolk. 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 Yeah, N-O-R. Fuck. <laughs> F-O-L-K, Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Those words don't equate to my mind. <laughs> okay, Norfolk. Yeah, uh, so like, um, so when I moved out here, like, we go to clubs and I'm like, 
there's nothing wrong with playing pop music, right? But you still like section out to like a certain beat. Yeah. Because a lot of pop music has like a, a pretty heavy beat these days. I think the reason why pop music is pop music is they're all using the same, like three of the same seven chords and they're sure. all using like one of the three uh, beats per minute. Like, right, right. And so it should be able to easily be merged one or the other. Agreed, agreed. Um, but they can't even do that. So like, it's just really funny because like, yeah, when I moved out here, I was like, these DJs are trash. They wouldn't play, like, the only thing they play was EDM music. Mm-hmm. And you can't dance to EDM music like that, man. Not sober. And I don't mean sober. No, no, but I mean, like, for the most part, you just kind of jump up and bounce around and kind of enjoy yourself. And, Watch the titties move. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm not knocking it. <laughs> but, like, um, no, it just seemed, like, a bit lackluster because, like, it's not as intimate, you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, okay, so we, um, my, I took my wife, or my wife took me, eh, irrelevant, uh, <laughs> to Tiesto. Tiesto was in town, and he was doing um, uh, the wharf. He was at the wharf, I think. Anyways, Tiesto was the guy that shuts shit down. Like, uh, people will buy tickets in advance, sold out weeks in advance. Do you like Tiesto? Uh, I do. I do, only because I respect that he's been doing it for so long at a high level, and I think that even I've got if he... a Tiesto story for you after this. Okay. Very strange. Like, um, when I saw him at ED, uh, EDC 13, EDC 13, destroyed, right? He, he, he was given the 1 a.m. to, like, 3 a.m. set, 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. set. He destroyed, and then Hardwell came out after him and blew our minds. But Tiesto, high level. We went there, and it was like uh, everybody was just ho-hum about it. It wasn't even packed. Like, I'm pretty sure we could have rolled up and bought tickets, like, the day of there at the door. Very strange. People in D.C., they just... It's different. It's like a very, it's it, very, very different. Like I don't get it. It's like I, I'm not. They're not wrong for it. I just, I just don't understand it. But it's yeah. also like where I come from. I get that. It's like a mix. But sometimes you know when you mix, it's like it's good. It's like a melting pot, and right. you've got all these moving cultures. And sometimes you just kind of like the bread lands flat. You know. Sure. In DC, unfortunately, the bread is super flat out here. And not in a bad way, but maybe that's your thing. Maybe you come out from... You need some yeast. <laughs> yeah, you need something. Maybe maybe you go out, you know, you live out here in the suburbs, and you go in, and you're just like, this is what I want. <laughs> I just want, I want, like, on a scale of one to ten, I want, like, a solid five. Right. Like, above a bar, but below a club. That's, <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I remember when I first moved here... Um, this this friend of mine, she invited me out to um, Echo Stage. Yep. And she was like, Tunon, please go to an EDM concert. Like, you just moved here. I just moved here. I've got some friends. You need to get out more. And yeah. I was like... Says the girl... When a girl tells you that, that means that she couldn't find anywhere else to go with. Well, you know what's funny is, is that, like, a couple of, like, the people that I knew were supposed to go that night. And then when we left, she's like, oh, yeah, they all bailed. But it's cool because all my EDM friends are still going. So you'll meet them. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I went, and it was so funny. They had these, like, I guess, touring DJs who were playing EDM music, and it was great. Let me rephrase. They thought it was great. <laughs> they, they were playing stuff. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It and was then, EDM for and sure. And then they had, like, a house DJ that DJed in between while the 
DJs were getting ready, I guess. Don't you, like, I've seen it a dozen times. Don't they just come, like, they're walking through with their laptop, they put it down, and then they just yeah, plug like, it in. <laughs> But they had to have, like, an in-between DJ for that, I guess. And it was great, because he started playing all this, like, hip-hop. But the thing was, because his, short, his set was so short in between, that he wasn't, like, he wouldn't, you know, most DJs, that they're spinning, and they're trying to get the vibe going, to play, like, the verse and the hook. Right. You know? Or just the chorus. Or just the chorus. chorus. Well, that was the thing. He played like just the chorus or half of the chorus. And he would cut into this next thing because I guess he was trying to show what he could do. Okay. But in a short time. He was getting paid per song. And I was, (laughs) man, I was getting hyped and she kept laughing at me. My friend, she was like, you keep getting hyped out of nowhere. And then super disappointed because I was expecting like, oh, like, for example, he'd play like, uh, he played Miss Jackson, mm-hmm. and he got to the part where like Andre three thousand comes in. He's like, "Me and your daughter got, got some going, going on." <laughs> so like, got to that, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna drop the hook soon," you know. Yeah. But like, even before he got to the hook, after that part, because you know the the next part, people don't really know. Like right. they know it, but they don't like know the words. So he cut to the next song, and I was just like, "Damn, man." That's also what I realized. A lot of the hip hop DJs out here, which you know are like hookah bars, hookah lounges, they don't, especially when it comes to like West Coast songs. You know, whether it be West Coast uh, or even like um, uh, hyphy music. Are you, are you a Tupac guy? Not really Tupac. Are I don't, you a Biggie guy then? Not really Biggie. Uh, it was just like a weird portion. Pick a side. But West Coast, I love the West Coast. Pick vibe. a side. Um, I'll go. I mean, what do we? What are the stakes here? Like, There's no stakes. Just, just like curiosity. One album. If I had to have one discography over the other for the rest of my life, sure, I'll go with Tupac. Yo, what? Is, like everyone that I've met out here says that. But I would say that if I, th- I'm a, I'm a Biggie guy. I've, I haven't met too many Biggie like supporters. It doesn't. And, and, and it's not a do or die yeah. thing. Like you like like I don't ready I don't, to die. It's not a ready to die thing. <laughs> it's and it's like I tell people that and they're like, "Well, I don't understand why you hate Tupac." I was like, "No, it's not that I hate Tupac. I just like Biggie more. I enjoy Pac more for the music, for the beats. I, I think that a lot of the Biggie songs don't do well twenty years later." As far as like that glam shit, the uh, like the Mace shit, like all of those. Well, Mace wasn't really in involved in that, man. But what I'm saying is like a lot of it doesn't do well. Like the thing that I like about I'm coming out, like it's like okay, that's that's it's more nostalgic if anything. But that was like after he died too, man. Like the biggie thing that I really appreciated was like his verses were just like straight like. Rap verses, you know what I mean. I enjoy all of the songs, and it's funny because he like, doesn't that he didn't release, right? But you know, like like when I hear Tupac, it's a lot of like, not that Tupac wasn't lyrical because I I do think Tupac was lyrical. I think Biggie was more lyrical in my opinion, but it's just the flow of it. Like it was just yeah. more rap. Like Tupac had like kind of like a pop flow sometimes, and I didn't mind it. There's nothing wrong with okay. it. It's just sort of like. That's just my ear and what I enjoy, which is why, like, with Kendrick Lamar, like, when he first came out with, like, Section 80 and stuff yep. like that, damn. I was like, damn, this is great. <laughs> like, I love this. Yeah. Because it's not very, like, you know, poppy. I, I almost look at it now as an old man. I look at it as, like, what will I listen to in my car more likely? And more likely, I will listen to more Pac shit than, than Biggie shit. I would understand that, though. And, and I think that's kind of how I... 
I judge music. Like, will I listen to this in my car? Or, in this case, which would I listen to more in my car? I mean, I listen to a lot of gangster rap shit, like YG, which is strange. You pull up on me and I'm listening to YG. I listen to Nipsey before he died. You know, uh, all these people like, oh, Nipsey's dead. Oh, I'm going to start <laughs> listening to his shit now. <laughs> I'm not laughing because Nipsey passed. I'm laughing just the way you painted that story. It's true. But I got you. Like in every, and then and then you have the other, like on mm-hmm. the other side, especially out here. Like ah, Nipsey wasn't shit. He was before he died. Like, it, well, you know, they don't tell you you're great until you're dead. You ain't nobody till somebody kills you, right, Biggie? Yeah. Uh, but I would say that you know. Nipsey banged hard in L.A. Like, oh, on the West Coast, oh, yeah, yeah. everybody well, that's knew that's like E-40. Nipsey. Ooh, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, even more so, um, you know, uh, Keek the Sneak. Uh, you're talking about um, uh, Too Short. You're talking about... Uh, <laughs> Too Short. Man, like, <laughs> and, and that's a crazy thing. I think that's going back to my original point was, like, the DJs out here, when they play West Coast music, they cut it weird. Like... Well, no, I think I think DJs in this area, I think music in this area is very weird. Like, a couple years ago, Wale went to a Wizards game, and the announcers, like, he had courtside seats. Whale. And, yeah, you remember? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember hearing this. But the thing is, like, yeah, I know you know why Wale got so mad. You're not that popular, man. Like, you're not that good. Yeah, but it's not like you, it's not like. And it's weird what they support. Like, I would think that this area would support Logic a lot more, and they don't. Like like he's really big. Yeah, he'll he'll do really well out here. But like, like for example, if you guys don't know, Logic is from Gaithersburg, which is a suburb of the D.C. area. It's about maybe thirty forty five minutes outside of D.C. Right, but they don't support him as much as they should, in my opinion. And he's great. But even when he's I, great, when man. I went down to Atlanta back in, I think the last time I was there before two thousand ten. Right. Like people weren't really banging with uh, with Outcast that much. They would fuck with Drag uh, Dungeon Family, but Outcast was like, uh, I mean, he's from here. It's cool. It took time though because they had a they had a different style. You had to leave. I think they literally had to leave the game before people go. Oh, you can't leave rap yeah. alone. The game needs me. Uh, I'd rather listen to Hove over Biggie, to be honest. But that's that's just the shit that I listen to in my car. Uh, I've never been a big Jay Z fan, like just in general. I thought I thought he was really good. I never discredit him for what he did. Just me personally, I didn't enjoy it super heavily. There's a lot of like, and for me lyrically, I think that he he's he'll knock you out with a jab. Like you won't, you've heard the song a hundred times, and then you right. hear the words, and you're like, wait. There's one line where he's like, I um, I had to get off the boat to walk on water, and you right. go, shit. Like I seen him roll up in ribbons. I seen him resold, re, uh, redrove. Hey. Uh, I've seen Rovers roll up in ribbons. I've seen them uh, repoed, resold, and redriven. And he's like, like, being like, I've been on the block long enough to see him come, and I've seen him go. Right. He's just got these little lines where you're like, wow. No, he's, he's good. He's, yeah. I think he's really good at imagery. But, yeah. back, but to back up what you're saying, is that like, he'll knock you out with a jab, but not a, like a full-on punch. Right, right. But, but like, I appreciate that about mm-hmm. him, too, because he paints his whole picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, you know my background and everything like that. That's why I keep telling people, like, with, like, the Drake and, like, Push Beef, I was like, yo, you don't know what's going on. Like, for me, Push is not somebody, because I know him personally. You're right. 
you don't want to piss him off. There's not too many people I'm intimidated of. He was the one person I'm intimidated of. I've talked to Malice about this, and Malice thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Because I feel like Drake is, I mean, the most popular rapper out for the last 10 years. Well, because no one could stop him either. Right, but I also think that Drake is not going to be the dude that will punch you in your face no matter what you say. No, but he, he talks. But here's the thing. People forget, like, when he first came out on the scene, he, he started beef with Common. Yeah. Um, and Common... Buried him. Buried him, but... But nobody Because knows. he's a new artist, and he's nice, and blah, blah, blah. And he did his Drake thing, where yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, no, no, we're cool. Like, everything's fine, man. I'm sure he went up and was like, yo, are we really going to do this? Blah, blah, right. blah. But I think that Common... Like, it, it's, it's that weird thing. Like, just because you're a king doesn't mean you know how to fight. Just because you're a king doesn't mean you, you're a good general. Just means you, right. you're a king, and that's where I feel like Drake is. Common, oh, yeah. Common is... Literally that, a common man. Even though he could kill the king, everyone's going, ah, whatever. Well, I'm sure he doesn't give a shit either. Because like, to be fair, like, I mean, his his uh, major label industry success as far as a rap artist hasn't been phenomenal. He's got some classics. He's got classics. There's, it's. I mean, he's got a strong cult following. People know who he is. He's done a he's, lot. He's never gonna outsell Drake. Even if Drake were to stop recording albums right this for moment. sure for sure but that doesn't mean that you're a better artist it just means that you've sold more well no that's why like i thought the push and the clips well not the clips but the push thing was so interesting because the clips like i keep saying the clips push has like such a strong cult following because of the clips mm -hmm. and then in his own right and he has great great lines that i think back to what we were talking about with like the Pac and like biggie thing not that push represents either one of them sure but just like when you go back to like lyrically being a great writer and a great rapper and doing your own thing, man, it, it's a hard day and age to be an artist in its true form. And I say that like as a guitarist and as uh, someone who writes music, it's, it's a little bit tougher because like if you can be surrounded by the right things, like for example, I know, I know people um, in the area like, man, I know I can make it as an artist. I'm a great singer, blah, blah, blah. I tell funny but, jokes. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but the thing is, is like, they're not writing their own music. They might write lyrics and they're like, oh, I have this like melody in my head. I think it would go like this. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. There's different forms and processes. But I'm just saying traditionally, if you're going through its purest form, you, you kind of write for yourself, right? Right. And I think that's why... You know, Prince is on a different level where absolutely he did literally everything. Everything. I, I, like, you might find a song where he, somebody did something, but everything else, he's done everything across the board. And that's why he's on a different stratosphere. But, you know, with these pop singers, no, no disrespect to, like, Taylor Swift or nothing, but... I mean, how much, of, how much of that is she doing? Sure, she might have wrote a song. Sure, she might have arranged right. a song. Right. But is she doing all of it? Yeah, so I think with hip-hop, that's why, like, I think that's why I'm fascinated with it and why growing up it was just sort of, like, so shocking because, like, typically you're, you're a hip-hop artist. And not to knock Drake completely, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, there's songs that he's written I love, I enjoy. Sure. They're catchy. Yeah. When I hear it in the club, like, everyone's vibing. But the thing is, is like, hip-hop from what I knew it as when I was growing up was kind of like, this is me. What's up? 
Like, I remember when DMX yeah. came out, and well, I was just like, oh, my God. Well, you know, it was so hood where you're like, give me a beat. You're like, well, I don't have any beats. Put on a song, I'll rap over the words of that song. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, so you have, like, a rapper just yelling words over a song with words already on it. And, like, he, they don't care. That's where I grew up. I... I <laughs> <laughs> this I don't know why I thought of this, but like DMX, I remember like as a kid, I was like, yo, he's so angry and he's like <laughs> so into it and like everyone respects him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, a few years, maybe maybe even the same year. I don't, I think it was a few years later. No, it's got to be a few years later because like, yeah, I remember when like I heard this song. But Mystical comes out and I'm like, yo, this dude just straight yelling. Yeah. I don't even know if he's on beat. <laughs> like. Watch it, danger! Like he he was on beat, but it's just like, yo, he's just like over the top, just yelling. Yeah, well, you know, uh, when you see a kid who can't, like a, a small child that who, who can't convey his thoughts, and he gets frustrated, right. and he just starts throwing stuff, and he starts like, and I felt like DMX was like that kid where he just like starts barking like a dog because he just can't. Like, so use your use your words, D. Have you ever seen? <laughs> use your words. Have you seen DMX sing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Have you? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google this after this. I post it every year on my Facebook page, <laughs> like a week or two before like Christmas, uh-huh. just to be like, hey, holiday spirit. <laughs> hey, just yo. a reminder. No, so he's like, there's Rudolph. a video. There's a video of it. He's like, they're like, do you know Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? He's like, yeah, I know, I know Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. He's like, of course. And then, like, the, the radio host, she goes, she's like, oh, my gosh, what are you saying? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he starts, like, drumming on the table. And, Rudolph. like, no, but he, he sings it all. And then, like, the thing is, he does his own ad-libs. He's like, you go down to history. What? You go down to history. Come on. <laughs> hey, that's my man. <laughs> like, like, and he's, like, super hyped about it. You know Dasher and Dancer. That's my man. <laughs> It's great. It's it's like my favorite thing. That's almost uh, my favorite thing on YouTube. When I'm feeling down, I look up um, Samuel L. Jackson reads "Go the fuck to sleep." <laughs> I feel like I've seen this, but I I can't confirm it. It's like it's a kids it's like a kids book that's like a you know go to bed book and and. It's vulgar. It's like, uh, you know, uh, just go the fuck to sleep. And you have Samuel L. Jackson reading it. And, like, that is literally the pinnacle of my existence. I, I, I don't think it, But DMX, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that might be a thing. It's You're doing yourself the biggest favor. This will get you. After you listen to it tonight, you're going to be like, fuck, I need to do some Christmas shopping. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's uh, let's get, let me get some new beers. Get some um, new beers. What um? I'll talk about some things I got going on okay. and everything you like do that. that. Um, so I don't know why I was thought of, but um, I am going to be speaking at ODU, which is uh, the school I graduated from, Old Dominion University. They asked me to speak at their. Um, I think they're doing a dinner. Uh, in collection with all the Asian organizations, and they had me being a, a, a guest speaker. I think just one of them, because I'm only speaking for like five minutes. But I guess my experience of growing up um, in the area and also my experience in college. And, you know, college is overrated. 
<laughs> I think I think college is like important. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's just one of those things where college it just kind of comes down to this. You should really utilize that as a stepping stone, um, and make the best of uh, your years there. Because, man, I thought high school was great. College probably wasn't as great as high school for me, but it's because I didn't make the best of it. Had I gone back to to college, I think I would have done a lot more. Where'd you go? Old Dominion University. Old Dominion. The old dirty. Dirty, dirty. Seven five seven. Two up, two down. Why are you saying words that I don't know why they're... (laughs) Why are these words all together? That makes no sense. Um, Shout out to Astrolab. This is uh, Shaky Isles. It is a double IPA. (laughs) Because I'm just keeping it. I wanted to buy something for him just in case. I got a stout and I got a saison. We might not make it there. But (laughs) it's a... I thought you you would have opened up a stout. Like... I gotta clean the cup. We gotta clean the cup. I got you. I got you. Okay, I got so you, I got you. Uh, sure. Hold on. I'll pour. It. I love I love mixed babies, so it's not a big deal. That's weird. <laughs> um, so old dominion, and you're speaking. Yeah, I'm speaking. I, I'm kind of excited for it because I've been trying to get more involved with the Vietnamese Student Association. Uh, we didn't have that when I was there. I think they do a lot of great works, and I think Asians collectively are underrepresented in uh, a lot of areas in the U.S. So. It's good to... Uh, yeah, because we're not everywhere. We're literally in, like, 12 cities. <laughs> That's it. Like, and, and I say this jokingly, but I, I don't. Like, like Asians really are in, like, 12, maybe 15 cities. What's, what's the guy's name that's running uh, for the Democratic... Andrew Yang. Yang gang. He's, he's doing pretty well. I don't know. Uh, I get upset at the state of American like mindset is like, I want to support Andrew Yang, not because he's going to, not because he's Asian, but because he's willing to give me a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I think he said like one of like 10 or 12 people though, right? No, well, that's what he's, that's what he's, but his, for his, this, his for platform this. is that every American over the age of 18 will get a thousand dollars a month. Right. So how can you like, if you go, oh, I don't support Andrew Yang, it's like, oh, you don't like money or are you that rich? Because if you work at Best Buy or you work at a Foot Locker and you don't want another $1,000 a month, right. then... It's, you know, like, the it, only thing that's odd to me is this, like, I just always feel like, you know, if everyone gets that money, don't you think the cost of living is going to go up? That's my fear as well. Because, like, I mean, I don't want to get into, like, super politi- uh, political conversation. Late. But just, like, even with, like, the minimum wage going up to $15, like, I get the minimum wage should go up. I agree with that. But $15 an hour for, like, minimum wage, like, that that makes the cost of living go up for everything so else. I, I definitely don't want to, like, speak for anyone because I definitely didn't do any of the math. I've done none of the research. Sure. But, yeah, it's... It, so it's combating the $15 an hour where you go, oh, $15 an hour working at, at, at Stop and Shop or fucking Best Buy, and then they start laying people off because they can't afford. Right. This extra $1,000 is supposed right. to basically be that safety net. Right. Um, I'm not going to get into the logistics of it because, one, I don't know, but two, I think that, like, I, I really haven't done my research, but I just think of, like, if you have more money, you're probably going to spend more money, and that can make things go yes, that's the go big higher. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it would make everything drastically go higher or not. I don't know uh, the economics of it specifically. That's not what I do, but it, it just kind of makes me think as a person for myself. You know, like 
Because there's there's some cities that it'll work. You know, I, I would say that out of the top seven cities in America, sure. it probably won't work. Like, it won't make that much of a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. But this probably being one of them. Yeah. Like D.C. Out of everywhere else. Right. Like, could you imagine you live in Baltimore and you're getting $1,000 a month? Right. Man, I couldn't imagine that in Virginia Beach. Like, I remember... Um, you could literally work anywhere. I was living in a place... Not great. It was kind of in the hood, but like, um, isn't that Virginia Beach? Well, it was actually ah. Norfolk. <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Beach has some pretty rough spots too, though. <laughs> I'll be real with you. Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely in Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. But um, no, like I had, I was living in this. It wasn't an apartment. It was pretty much a halfway house, but <laughs> <laughs> like I had to be in before eight. I couldn't no, bring like, it. <laughs> It was a duplex. It was a duplex. So we were living in this duplex. Had three bedrooms, um, and one and a half uh, bath. Right, one one level. Yeah, and but we were paying altogether three fifty a month, including utilities. Each. Each. That's that's nothing. That's like a thousand bucks a but month. But that's yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Right, right, like, right. So a thousand bucks would go a very long way there. And uh, so my wife. Is she's the one that went to college? She's the one, right. you know. Where'd she go to school, by the way? I never went. Oh, where did she or her? Where did she go? She went to uh, Stony Brook. Where's that? What's a, what's a sea wolf? I'm a sea wolf. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, Long Island. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's in Stony Brook, Long Island. Is, is Long Island cool? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that knock. No, actually, let me take that back. They don't knock Long Island. They they knock Staten Island. They knock people from Long Island. Do they? Yeah, it's it's kind of stereotypical, kind of like, okay. That but uh, it's like a suburb. It's it's there's money in there, um, right? But it just seemed like if you go further out from here, it seems like Long Island. Mm. Um, but you know, she's the one educated. She's the one that like reads books and understands shit. I'm the artist. Does she like reading? She does actually. She reads like I am the. Read the caption, read the headline, read the caption. That's all I know. And go, oh, this is uh, from Astrolab, and it's 8% alcohol. That's all I know. Agreed. I'm right there with you. But uh, I'm the artist, so you go $1,000. $1,000 a month. I'm going to pause you real quick. Yep. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Astrolab. Astrolab. So $1,000 a month. That's not bad. No, I enjoy it. That's actually not bad at all. It's actually um, it's not as bold in flavor. The thing with the Asin was it has a very strong orange presence, which covers it. Yep. Or which covers the, the alcohol. This one's like really smooth. This one's really smooth. And I don't want to say plain, but it's like. It makes you feel okay. Yeah. Very standard. Yeah, it, It's kind of like, oh, people, when you knock uh, light beer, it's like, oh, there's no flavor. This is kind of like, it's, you definitely know it's an IPA. Right. But the flavor just seems to be mellow enough, and there's no, uh, does, it's not too too hoppy. So. Right. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. So think of this: a thousand dollars a month. Right. You could, in theory, live in your van and travel the country playing music. That's the <laughs> artist in me. No, no, I, I get that. I actually get that one thousand percent. It only makes me laugh because there was this. Uh, I forget his name. He was a pro skater, mm-hmm. and. When you watch skate videos and like the, your famous skaters, oh, we're talking like the old school ones. No, or are we no. talking about today. Today, okay, today. 
Uh, skateboarders don't really make that much money unless you're you're really top of the line. Top Endorsements tier. and winning. Right. Yeah. But um, this guy's, if I remember, he was pretty successful. No, not super successful. He was making a solid career with this stuff. Okay. So he's making more than he'd be working at Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking success. So his whole thing was like, you know, I've got uh, a pro model board. I've got a pro model shoes. I don't have an apartment, but I built my van to have a bed. <clears throat> this is what I wanted. Plus, like, living a lonely life in an apartment just sounds dumb, and you're stuck in one place, and all the good uh, skate spots are, like, all around, like, the U.S., so it's not like it's by my house. Mm-hmm. So you just travel the U.S. in my van, sleep there. No big deal. I got my dog. Treat yeah. him well. You know, we eat whatever we want and all this stuff, and because of skateboarding, I exercise. But essentially what I do is I just pay for a YMCA membership so I can go and take showers. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. And he's like, so my monthly bill is just gas, food for me and my dog, and then whatever my YMCA membership is. Yeah, it's like 40 bucks a month. But that's, I, I think the mental health aspect, once we can get over the hump of like, I have $1,000, let me see if I can't live off of $1,000 a month. Forget, like, I tell my wife, at least once a month. Like, if I wasn't married, I'd probably live in a van. And I'd probably just travel the country telling dick jokes. And, you know, when you make a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks here, plus the $1,000, fuck it. Like, all bets are off. Right. I think everyone's always super shocked at, like, what I drive and what my apartment looks like because of my occupation. Right. I'm not going to get into the thick of it, but I'm just going to say I'm a financial professional of some sort, and you see the way that I dress. When I dress for work, I dress in a suit and tie, but it's so funny because people see me and they're like, that's what you do? And it works like both sides. Like on the, on the professional side, they're like, oh, you play music and this is how you dress outside? And then when they meet me like as a musician, they're like, oh, that's what you do? Like, people trust you with and their then, money? And then, and then they're like wait a minute, you drive a Scion? I'm like, but then it, it's, like, the, it's, it's two things, two things. One, I'm a minimalist because I think there's just so much more to enjoy out of life with your money um, and, and, and being responsible. We've reached critical mass. Like We now know that more stuff will not make you happy. Right. But then also on top of that, it's kind of like, uh, Again, I'm not saying that you can't buy a Lexus or a Ferrari or those two cars are not on the same level. But yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm or saying, you know, you could buy a country, whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't have those things, but if it's important to you, then then get it. You know, like get what you want. But for me, it was just kind of like I don't take pleasure in those things. I just need a car to get to from point A to point B and carry my shit. What did you ha- What did you have before the Scion? I used to. <laughs> it's really. It's a little embarrassing. Nope. Go for it. Um, I used to have a Jeep Liberty. What year? That makes a difference. Uh, like an 06? It was an... The one that would like tip over? <laughs> no, I think it was like before that. I think it was like an... I want to say it was like an... Oh... See, two or oh three? This is how you know he's not into cars because he doesn't remember. <laughs> Well, I know this much. It looked like Malibu Beach Barbie's car. Oh, what, circle headlights. Right. Really up high. Right. Yeah. 
And um, it was given to me for my sister because she lived in Philly. And she was like... And she was like, oh, I wanted to buy... Like, is there a... Is there a VW Beetle but like... Well, she was very, like, upset because my mom um, was helping her buy a car and then she didn't get the car she wanted. So, so then Asian. we didn't. So, the, so we didn't get... So then she was like, I'm going to hold off. Then when my mom had more money, she helped her get this Jeep because really what she wanted was a RAV4. But then she got, like, a Jeep because, like, my mom had more money at the right. time and helped her out. And then when she got to Philly, she couldn't drive it anywhere because... Anywhere. You know, it's, you, you yeah. just walk everywhere. Wait, she wanted a RAV4 and she got a Liberty. No, she wanted a RAV4. Yeah. My mom couldn't afford it at the time because it was an SUV. So she, so she held off mm. a couple more years. My mom saved a little bit more money, got her a Liberty. Because that's almost close. <laughs> well, at this point, like, <laughs> she was over the RAV4. Right, 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 right. And I think the Liberties had just come out or something like that. That sounds about right. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. So, like, it was like a super cutesy, like... Jeep. It's it's literally like if you could get a Volkswagen Beetle, but like SUV, like that That's is exactly what it is. Yeah, you're like I I want a Jetta. So I got it, and I was just sort of like, you know what? I'm not gonna complain because I'm just grateful to have a car. The problem is that they just weren't reliable for Jeep. They oh, just God, weren't good. So bad. I had to put so much money into that. Yeah, and that I think that's what really painted the picture of what money was for me because it had so many problems. And I was like a high school kid, and I became a college kid. So I was like, I remember I'd make, I'd be stoked if I made $250 like every two weeks. Working at the the skate shop. Working at the skate shop. No, no, working at the skate shop and Starbucks. I was working two jobs. You work at Starbucks. That's crazy. Did you you get Starbucks stock? I did. I sold it as soon as I left. (laughs) Well, no, no, because, no, no, because like you had to sell it. Oh. If, um, I forget what their policy was, but it was like, you know, I don't think I'd worked there long enough to keep it fully have it vested or whatever. Whatever their policy was, like, it was like, you have to sell it now when you leave. Or, um, but it was fine. I mean, so, you know, I bought more clothes. <laughs> you know, I sold it for $17 a piece. No, I don't know what it is. Actually, it was crazy. I think I sold it for, at the time, it was only like $37 a share. And then the next week, it went up to 47 Easily. Right now, it's like somewhere in the 80s or 90s or something like that. Uh, I was working with guys at the Apple store, and they'd been there for, uh, when I was there, like, they'd been there like 10 years, so they owned like a shit ton of stock. Like they, whatever it was, they maxed out their stock, right, um, stock, option, whatever. I don't right. know these words. And, uh, <laughs> you it's know, all good? Yeah, they worked there 10 years, so they were making... They were making like fifty thousand dollars a year, right. just being the yeah hey, yeah the iPhones over there yeah hey, yeah the iPhones right there right did I sign you in? And they were just shaving off their their profits like to keep the to keep the boat afloat like oh yeah oh, I'm short on rent okay let me just sell right three hundred dollars worth of stock and that blew my mind like that was when I realized I have no idea what I'm doing in finances. It, I'll yeah. help you. <laughs> no, because no, I will not show you how much I don't make because that shit is embarrassing. No, I don't need to know your money. Uh, I'll just help you push the boat along. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, okay. So, so out of curiosity, right. as, a, as a financial professional, what is your thoughts on like the teaching of Dave, David Ramsey? Uh, or are you familiar? Let me rephrase it. I, me, I, know, I know who he is. Are you familiar with his teachings? I am. 
I can't have this discussion on camera. <laughs> okay. Nope. No worries. Hey. But I'll, I'll say this much. I think that if you're very curious about like what your fi- financial position is, mm-hmm. you should definitely talk to a financial pers- uh, professional mm. that will talk to you one-on-one because everyone's situation is unique. Of course. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Okay. That makes perfect sense. No, I will not. I will it's, not. it's really tough, though. It's really tough. I can imagine. It's really tough because, like, everyone goes through something different, but then also this. Whoever you speak to mm-hmm. as a professional has different opinions. Yeah. So what you really need to do, it's kind of like dating. Like, and I've told people, like, I don't have to be the person for you. You're not going to offend me. But But what you really should be doing is finding someone who really cares about you. Okay. Okay, hold up with this. How about this? Like, is there, if you were in my position, mm-hmm. basically on this side of the fence, yeah. is there like a specific question, like a barometer question that you would ask? I would play the field just like dating and find who you click with the most. But I'm, all, okay, so you want to click with personality. Not personality. With like, because here's the thing, like long term wise, if you think about it, you should be seeing that person regularly. I don't care. Like, like, I, I just you don't gotta care, but they gotta care. No, I, I get that, but because I click with him doesn't mean that he cares. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. When you click, uh-huh. it's not just purely personality, but you have to feel that sentiment. Okay, like, want, like for example, like, like, I, I, like you I, have I, friends, I, right? I want the guy to be like, "Hey, this is gonna hurt, and you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say." <laughs> but here are some things that I see, and you're like. Fuck, Dad, I hate you. You know, like, but that is the the tough love that if someone is dealing with my money, I feel like that's what I need. I need someone to be like, hey, uh, yeah, but I'm but, gonna you know, you. but you know what's funny is that like those people don't have all the answers. True, true. But but they sell it like they have all the answers. I, I don't think anybody has the answers, right? That's that's another thing. That, that, Exactly what I'm saying. Why it's but, more important. But to have I definitely don't want the guy to be like, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's like, but can't I'm you smell bullshit? <laughs> I I can, but the embarrassment of finances, I think, is is like a huge thing, especially for me. Maybe it's an Asian thing. No, maybe no, it's it's, it's it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. One thing that I learned when I when I sold cars was like. Uh, one of the guys that was well known in his community, I won't get into okay. specifics, but like he was well known in his his community, his church, all of that. People, uh, when it got to the finance portion, would mm-hmm. either drop off or like ask for somebody else to help him, to help them because they didn't want somebody that they knew knowing their finances. I, th- I think that's a very understandable position. Great. I don't, I don't knock that yeah. whatsoever. So. I know that I understand what my finances are, uh, and I, in my opinion, I'm embarrassed. So I don't want the guy to go, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, like to save my feelings, because there's always <laughs> going to be the guy to be like, uh, I mean, if you just, I don't know, I don't know, stop drinking beer, you know, you'll be fine. Be like, oh, that's it? Great. You know, I want the guy to be like, listen, bro, you're not going to like me. Well, I'm not <laughs> here to be liked. You're like, oh, okay, drill sergeant. <laughs> How am I going to get fucked? Let's I, go. I have friends who are doctors, and I don't let them give me physicals. <laughs> exactly. I have a I have a good friend. Good friend. Uh, he's a dentist. And that was like, I did not want him to service my mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, 
okay, this is like a step in the right direction, right? Sure. So I let him, everything's fine, but it was one of those things where I, my gut instinct was like, I'm not having a dude that I drink with go into my mouth. Right. It's fine. I mean, he's like, yeah, you have, you have some cavities. We'll, we'll fucking fix it. But I don't, I don't think I'm at the stage where I'm going to let somebody I know know my, know my finances. No, no, no. I think that's fine. I don't think you're wrong for any of that stuff. Um, ultimately, what you want is just someone that you can trust. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you have people who are friends that you don't even trust. I don't trust anybody. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I barely trust my wife. Like, I trust my wife because I sleep next to her. But, like, if I woke up, like, oh, she stabbed me. I'm like, I guess that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean. I just watched a movie with someone last night. It was, uh, it was called Secret Obsession on Netflix, and it had Brenda Song. Oh, shit. And before, before the movie started, um, before the movie started, first off, well, I said, this is the movie you want to watch? And they're like, yeah. She said that she wanted to watch that. <laughs> or you hang out with dudes. I mean, well, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out. She said that she wanted to watch this. You're like, dope. What up, so, Wendy Wu, Homecoming so, so, Warrior? So, I was like, um, is that Brenda's song? And they're like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, oh, going to be a bad movie. <laughs> like, you're not wrong, but I kind of love her. And then, and then... She was very adamant about wanting to watch this. So I said, okay. And then as maybe five minutes into the, the movie, I was like, is that the Allstate dude? She goes, I think so. And I was like, I know it is. I can recognize that voice. Are you in good hands? That right. guy. Oh, uh, President Palmer right. from 24. So I was like, it's definitely going to be a bad movie. <laughs> Are you in good hands? <laughs> Okay, and, and now you just need the guy that you know is in a bunch of movies, but you don't know his name. You need that so guy. Then, so then, like, 10 minutes into the movie, I'm like, spoiler alert, I was like, the husband is the killer. And It's that bad. Yeah. Script is terrible. There's a scene, there's a scene where, like, um, uh, the Allstate guy goes, and he shows up at this, like, house because it, it's the address that pulled up on the car, but it turns out to be a fake address. Okay. Um, and uh, the Allstate guy plays a cop. Okay. And so, oh, you know, he didn't pull the address in the car. He he was given the address from the hospital because there's like an incident. Anyways, he goes up to this house. You're he explaining goes, the movie like we understand the premise, right, but right. we don't. So, but <laughs> anyways, he goes up to the house, like scene. You see him, knock, knock, knock. Hi, uh, is Miss Williams here? Because it's like, you know, they're looking for Brenda's song, mm-hmm. but it's uh, an, an older black lady that comes out, and she goes, there's no Miss Williams here. He goes, huh, very strange. She goes, I'm sorry to tell you that. Well, have a great day, detective. I was like, the motherfucker never introduced himself. Like, you don't know he's a detective. So was that a sign, or was that just bad writing? Well, let me tell you, there's bad writing, there's bad cinematography. Ah, Jesus. I like Brenda's song, though. I'm sure you do. Uh, she's I think dope. a lot of guys. Yeah, like. she's, <laughs> she's She's like, she's got the, like, Emma Stone voice. Yeah, she, she has a, she has, like, Did she look good? Like lower. Yeah, she looked good. Okay. But, but the thing is, is, like, she's a really bad actress. I get why she hasn't done more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's, she's supposed to have a broken leg, and she's, like, just, like, and she's supposed to be in, like, pain, and you see all these bruises, 
and she's moving very naturally. I'll say that Nickelodeon does not really they pack they're a packaging plant. They're like Del Monte. They just package they just package products. Right. Right. They don't really build you to be like, oh, like, oh, you're a Shakespearean or you're gonna I don't think anyone that worked on a Nickelodeon show is going for an Oscar at any point in their life. I could be wrong. I don't think so though. What's his name? Um Fucking Zach Efron. Yeah. You know, fuck yourself, first of all. <laughs> first of all. Like, like he's not even a good actor. He's pretty bad. Like, he's good <laughs> for premise, but he's not good as an well, actor. Well, to be, to be fair, he's never done anything like serious drama stuff. So I think he has. Wasn't like, was that 13 going on 30? What's the one where he's, uh, he's Chandler Bing from Friends, and then he turns to Zac Efron in high school? Whatever movie that was. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. I'm not saying I saw it either. I'm just, saying it was, <laughs> I'm just saying it was horrible. That's all. I have no want to ever be in high school again. I would love to be in high school again. Like you zapping back to you being 13. Yeah. That, w- sounds, that sounds like the way you want to spend your month. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely do that. High school is a lot of fun for me. I feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> high school is not that bad. For you me. know what? I, I think that high school would be way more fun if I woke up tomorrow <laughs> and I'm going to fucking Kenny Bunkai. Like it would be, like I don't care. Like literally, my trajectory in life, I just have to not get arrested. That's it. <laughs> my thing, my thing in high school was like. I was way, way too insecure. So people who were trying to be friendly to me, I was like, what the fuck's your problem? Why are you talking nice to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like looking back at it now, I'm like, I don't know. Like everyone was really cool. So like that's why I want to go back to So high I moved around a lot in high school. I right. think I went to three high schools in four years. Okay. And I, I get o- that. I always... Looking back... Okay, so that's kind of a dick move. Uh, I'm going to say like I kind of... Looking back, right, I never sat at the right table. Mm. Like it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, I guess I'm sitting with them, and it's like all the uncool kids. But all the uncool kids were the coolest people ever, right? You know. But you know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, I should probably sit with all the cool kids. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but what I'm saying is, uh, it was a little rough, you know. Sure. Because you're insecure with yourself. Now you're hanging out with a bunch of insecure people. I would rather have back then hang out with people who were secure at least with who they were. Right. Like the jocks or whoever the cool kids were. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I think I'm gonna have to talk to a psychiatrist about <laughs> this shit. Anyways. Right. Brenda Song. Are we can talk about Brenda Song still? She was she was fine. I just I just think she's I don't know. You, so not to segue. Sure. Uh but speaking of older a, or Asian women we kind of loved when we were younger, but now, you know, you look back at it. Uh, Michelle Kwan, I've been following her on Instagram. I remember, I, I don't know what she looks like now or through the years, but I remember as a kid, like, you know, obviously she was older than me and everything like that, but I was just kind of like, she seems very pretty. And, you know, I think like most figure skater girls are pretty and they just kind of have that look, but it's a lot of makeup too, you know? Yeah, it was... um it is kind of weird where you're like, oh, that's okay. That's something like I, I could see potential. I also hadn't gone through puberty at the time when she was like, how old are you? 31. 31. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
okay, that makes sense. I, I'm, I've been following her Instagram, and I was like, oh, wow, she is actually super sexy now. Like, when she was, like, figure skating, it's like, oh, it's like a little, like, she's older than I am. But, like, oh, it's like a little girl. You know, it's like a little girl, figure skating, man, eh, whatever. But uh, she's doing videos of her just rollerblading. Like, oh, wow. In a parking lot. And right. there's something about it that's like, wow, that is, that's sexy. Like, there's something about the confidence, the age, everything about it is sexy. You know, it's odd, because, like... Guy talk, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I might have to <laughs> now delete, that we've gone through this yeah, room. I might have to delete all of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'll tell you, like, now uh, that I'm older, you know, and not in my adolescent years and everything like that, I can definitely say that what I look for in a woman is, like, a lot different than what I used to. Okay. Just, like, you know, growing older, different tastes and all that stuff. But um, just very, very different. Yeah, it's 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 strange where we have a better understanding of that yourself. I think is a big thing. Yourself and people. I, I was I was going through uh, Instagram as I as I do Lloyd Lee comedy uh, two non vu two n o n v u. I, I should learn sign language. You do that better. Sure. I mean, whatever floats your boat. Uh, I, I will see. Things. I will see somebody where you go. Oh, I think. 17-year-old Loy would find her super attractive. Mm-hmm. 38-year-old does not. You know, I've been telling people this, and I don't know if the people believe me, and I think you as an entertainer will kind of also get it. Um, but I just kind of believe that because we see so many people on a regular basis, because we're performers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of see so many people, regardless of, like, what city you're in, there's always going to be a pretty face. There's always a pretty face. There's, like, not, like, one city where it's, like, oh, that's where all the ugly people are. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) I won't won't name names because I need to go back there, but that's going to be, like, "Mm, Jesus Christ. But but there's always, like, for the most part, there's, there's always, like, every city has a pretty face somewhere in there, whether they're in your audience or not, you're going to encounter somebody. And, and the thing is, is like where I'm going with this is sure. just this. After a while, I feel like you get kind of jaded because the thing is, is like you want obviously like your significant other to look good, like for you to be attracted or whatever. But what it comes down to is just sort of like it doesn't matter. These looks fade and like at least for me, I've just kind of been like I've been on tour I know what good-looking girls look like. Mm. So what? I, I, I think uh, the way I believe, and this is what I want to believe, <laughs> the, the way my brain processes, like we okay. see a lot of people, right? Sure. So if you are the same age as me, let's say you're 38, you've worked in an office job, sure. your database of pretty faces is pretty slim. Right, right, no, no, absolutely. Because you spend 40-plus hours a week at the same place seeing the same right. faces, where we get the ability to like go out and we get to see our databases of pretty. Yeah. Is, is like, what I was like, oh, I would cheat on my wife, which I wouldn't. But I'm saying, like, like faces that are beautiful, it's like, right. it's, it's becoming thinner and thinner and thinner. Well, We're, no, no, that's what I'm getting at, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because it's kind of like, oh, go ahead. 
And then, like, when I go to a different city, I feel like um, if I'm in the city long enough, and I mean, like, more than a day or two, I feel like my brain sort of processes, like, oh, in this context of this city, here is the scale, you know, because I'm seeing... 200, 300 people at night right? easily. So you go, oh, and then you go, um, so if you walk in there, your definition of pretty is thin because you're coming right. from the last city. And the longer you're there, it's like it gets wider. You're like, oh, I'm seeing more faces. Right. And then, oh, this is, for lack of a better term, this is Amarillo, Texas pretty. <laughs> okay, I see. I see you. You're the prettiest girl <laughs> on the, you're the prettiest girl on the ranch. Okay. My thing is like I've just kind of been like, "Yo, who gives a fuck?" And, and honestly, it's made dating like easier. <laughs> I mean, are we fucking? Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> like, honestly, it's made life like a lot easier and a lot difficult because it's like I can honestly say that I'm like not tempted, but then it's made it more difficult because it's like, who the fuck am I supposed to date? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I am glad. So I'll, I'll put this on the line. I'm glad that I met my wife before I met comedy. Mm. So I I was an actor, moved to uh, L.A., uh, not successful, obviously, because I turned to comedy. I've become successful in comedy. Uh, but th- there's something about a love, the love of a good woman. And you hear this in songs, you, usually country songs for whatever reason. But you hear it in folk songs, country songs. Because there's only three people in their town. Yeah, but love <laughs> of a good woman is... There's something where you go, I love my I love my wife implicitly. There's women that may be more attractive right now than my wife, mm. but it doesn't seem worth it to me. And that's mm. strange because as men you go, Oh, what are you fucking gay? Da 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 But you know like there's the love of a woman of a good woman right. compensates for ninety nine point nine percent of everything else. Mm. And it's not perfect. Like, marriage is not perfect. Like, there's some things where you're like, why are you getting mad at that? Or you're like, why do you do that? But the fact that you know you are loved almost unconditionally. Absolutely. Is, you go, eh, I guess it's not that important. I guess, like, the uh, beauty in all this is you can tell that we've gotten quite inebriated because we've never talked romance in any of these. I know. I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, I'm literally saying words, and I'm like, we, I don't know what I'm saying. We've never talked about romances in uh, our conversations, and uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's lovely. and um, I'm turning red. <laughs> I, I, uh, I need to step to the side for a second. So, Lloyd, can you carry the sure, conversation? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, hold on one second. Um, Okay, yeah, go, go, go. No, 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 it's fine. Um, you need me to step on? Yeah. Well, um, it's just very interesting because, you know, for me, the way that I look at all this stuff is just kind of like, um, I'm 31. I just turned 31. Baby. It's uh, beyond a quarter-life crisis, but a lot of confusion. Okay. You know, I, mean, I shouldn't say confusion, just uncertainty, just, just there's options, but you don't know what you're, you're at a fork in the road and the fork has four prongs, by the way, civil war forks used to have three cause it, you know what I'm talking about? Like what? an actual fork, like a dinner fork. It was like a pitchfork basically. It used to have three for the father, son, Holy ghost. Oh, that's weird. So like, that's why when you look at like forks during that time, it had three. Okay. Go to the bathroom. All right. Yeah. So he left me with a. Uh, Three prong, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
uh, forks, which is strange. I mean, given everything back then, everything had to do with religion. But when you're, it'd be strange to me using the fork. You're putting the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in your mouth. That's strange. Um, But I want to give a shout out to Asian Flush because I feel like I'm getting red. Uh, I might try to color correct the video so I'm not red, but Asian Flush is basically kind of like Cards Against Humanity. It's a drinking game that um, is made for Asian Americans, and uh, you can definitely check them out, AZN Flush. It's a party game strictly for Asians, and for example, um, if you are with your Asian buddies, Asian American friends, you can pull out a card and you go... If you have a traditionally Asian first name, take two sips. And my name is Loy Lee, so obviously I'm taking two sips. Here we go. One. Two. And then if most likely two on three... Everyone point at a person most likely to spend their most time on their makeup every morning. Winner takes three sips. So basically, if you're sitting around a table with your friends, on the count of three, everyone points to the person who's most likely to spend most time on their makeup every morning. So you go one, two, three, and you point at the chick who has a new face on, and she drinks three sips. Um, And uh, you go categories. Things Asian parents would never say, loser take three sips. So you go around, you're like, things that Asian parents wouldn't say, boom, 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 boom. I love you is probably going to be the winner every single time. Tune on. Yeah. Are you familiar with Asian Flush? You know what's funny? You know what's funny is that... Um, Do we need so to bring this to the next party? Well, absolutely, for okay. one. Two, um, I played this only once, but the first time was about... Roughly a month ago, okay. after Vietfest, um, me and the Mr. Vietfest contestants, we decided to have a small get-together, celebrate, and we went to one of their places, and they had this game, and my goodness, this game is awesome. It's like, <laughs> no, yeah. it just yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I, I was told that it was going to be like Cards Against Humanity, but it's not. It's just drawing a card, reading Ready. what's out there, and playing it. It's kind of like Kings minus like... The rules, and it's a game like, specifically made for us. Yeah, so uh, which is awesome too. On the back it says "Made for Asian Americans." Asian Flush is the funniest party drinking game this side of Koreatown. Each box contains 110 hilarious cards with unique game rules designed to help you get your night started right. You know what's funny is I listened to your podcast and I thought this is going to be cheesy as hell, and I was like, "All right, whatever." Some of them are. But sometimes it hits home and you're like... I don't like, know, man. We, we, I might have been quite inebriated that night. I've been having a habit recently of shotgunning White Claws, but... Um, oh, you're so bro. <laughs> I'm so bro. But no, no, no. This game was great. Like, we learned a lot more about each other than we should have. Yeah, it's great. I mean, <laughs> it's a great little game. And I think they've got a couple other extensions. So if you're familiar with White Claw... I'm uh, sorry. If you're familiar with Cards Against Humanity, they've got a bunch of expansions... I'm drinking. And uh, I think uh, with Asian Flush, aznflush.com. Um, I don't think my promo code is still working, but it's Loy Lee, L-O-Y-L-E-E-15. Um, that might give you some money off. I don't know. But I think they come up with a bunch of extensions 
Um, so you can add the fun. And it's only like, I think it's only like uh, maybe 10, 20 bucks. I think it's only 20 bucks. Um, but yeah, so I figured since... It's cheap for a good time. The, the thing is, it is very specific. There's some things that don't apply to you, but there's for every one of those cards, there's probably at least two or three that hit you right in the feels. I don't know. All those cards hit for us. Yeah. We, we had somebody that was like... Yeah, it was a good time. The, the the card that I pulled just for fun was like, if you have a traditional Asian name, take two sips. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess there's four sips amongst <laughs> us right now. That's how I feel. Well, shit, let's take it. Okay. Well, I did, but I'll do it with you. Don't let friends don't let friends drink alone. One. Oh. Two. So. Um, well, damn. <laughs> Um, well, let's see. Let's, what are we talking about? Um, so you're talking about movies. Have you seen anything else? TV shows, movies, anything you've been watching? I really want to go watch It too. And uh, do you like I horror wanna... movies like that? You know, I don't get scared very often. So okay. like, not to go back to Brenda's song, but it's supposed to be like a scary, like suspense movie. <laughs> the acting was scary. Well, <laughs> basically, like uh, what happened was. I'm going to just go ahead and tell the whole plot. Okay. So, um, which is probably just on the back. It's like it, the it, description. Right. It starts off with her like running and someone's hunting her. And then it turns out like. Do you see titties? No, no, there's no, no nudity. Good. Um, Good for you. It's strong Asian woman lead. <laughs> Don't show your titties. But so, like, um, she gets hit by a car while she's trying to escape this killer. And then, uh, turns out the killer is like. The guy that's pretending to be her husband. And what do you mean pretending? So like she she gets hit by a car, she doesn't, loses her doesn't memory. loses her memory. This guy's like, you know what? I'm your husband. I'm your husband, blah, blah, blah. This is like overboard with uh, Goldie Hawn. Oh. Right? Yeah, she loses her memory and she's and Kurt Russell, who she treated horribly, is pretends to be her husband. So this guy's just like uh, a guy that she used to work with. And then so like the what the whole incident unfolds is that she got married on her wedding night. Her coworker, her obsessive, uh, obsessive coworker, breaks into her home, kills her husband, tries to get her, and then like, that's how like the whole. So night. so wait, hold on. She gets married on her wedding night. Her coworker kills her husband and is chasing her down. Hits her. No no no. She gets Chase, hit- chases her down while he's chasing her. She gets, gets hit, hit by a car. And then, and then, so basically, she's had two hus- quote unquote husbands on the same night. Yeah. Wow, that's wow. I- I've been in enough pitch meetings where it seems like. I thought that- you were going to say you've been in enough incidences of this. So no. <laughs> no, where you've been in enough pitch meetings where you're like, okay, so here's the deal. Um, coworker uh, kills the husband and pretends that he's her husband. Like, wait, why don't we make it on her wedding night? Yeah, let's do that. Like, I've been in enough of those pitch meetings where you're like... This but it's just so shit. funny because I felt like I called everything. And um, What's the name of the movie? Secret Obsession. Okay. We're- so the, the only two movies right now that I want to see is just It 2 and uh, Good Boys. What's a Good Boys? It's a Seth Rogen movie with, like, the kids. I don't, I don't know this. Oh, really? It's like, it looks pretty funny. You want to be more, I mean, okay, great. You want to be more specific? You want to help me I, out I, here? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what it's about. I think it's something like the kids, like, the premise from what I can tell from the trailer was that they had a drone, or like these kids, they're young kids, like middle school maybe. Okay. 
they're trying to, they're going to like their first party. They might be kissing. Each other? Then, or they might be kissing there? No, they might be kissing okay. there. Okay. Okay. Like, so then like, <laughs> I am not they're like, we don't know how to kiss. They fly a drone to their neighbor's house. And they're like, I heard she's like a nymphomaniac. And I was like, what does that mean? It's like, she kisses on land and on sea. Because <laughs> they're young and they don't understand. Hey, you know what? Sold. <laughs> but then, like, you know, they take the drone and, like, they took her purse. And her purse apparently has all these drugs. Oh, dope. Okay. And then, so they're just trying to escape and try to figure out this party. Hmm. Typical kind of quirky South Seth Rogen kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Project X, but, like. It's like Project X mixed with super bad, mixed with. Middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, have you watched, um, do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Have you watched uh, The Boys? Oh, I want to watch that. I heard that's great. It is a mindfuck. It's, it's just like, wait, wait, is The Boys, is that the one where it's like a mockery of like Marvel superheroes? So it's a parody on um, on you know, on superheroes. Yes. So that's pretty much right. Uh, they parody like Aquaman. It's mostly DC. It seems like Aquaman, The Flash, Superman, Wonder Woman. But it's almost as if you took those characters and they were rewritten for 2019. How they're like really, they're, they're really human. They're really broken. It doesn't fucking make sense. But you watch it and it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. I watched it and I could not stop watching. Wow. Um, because I just started, or not started, I just finished uh, Mindhunter because I'm into like crime shows. Continue. Do you watch? Do you watch? I just started watching. Uh, no, no. Um, so I'm in second season. Oh, so I just finished the second season. Well, here's the thing. Don't you know what, normally, fucking ruin no, no, it. I'm not for gonna me. ruin it for you, but like I'm saying, like, so Mindhunter. You know, like when they do seasons, it typically comes the year after. Yes. Well, there was like. A two-year gap, so yeah. I didn't think that they were going to do another. They they almost weren't sure they are going to do another. And, man, this... I'm drunk. Leave it. This, this, <laughs> the second season was great. Well, so I'm watching it. I'm, I'm right where they, uh, spoiler alert, they get to Manson. So... Hold on. Nope, don't tell me. What I'm saying is, once they started talking with Manson, they started talking to, what's the, the text? You're talking about uh, Ed Kemper? No, M- Manson, and they start talking to... The guy, like, before they saw Manson? No, uh, the guy that did all the killings, because Manson told him to. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tex, I think his name. Yeah, yeah. Once he started talking, they talk... So, so the crazy thing about the, the, when they get to the Manson part is, they talk as if you understand everything about the Manson case. And right. I know literally nothing about this. No, but it's cool because, like, the way that – so what I didn't know about the show – so I, I love Criminal Minds. Okay. I thought Criminal Minds is great. Yep, yep. But it's, like, too oversold as television. But not only that, it's, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, we're done. And I get it. I get it. I'm not yeah. knocking it. Yeah. But, like, this one is, like – they're very true to like the criminals and the crimes. I didn't like so Ed Kemper, who was in season one. Yes, I didn't know he was a real serial killer. No, they all are. Right. So then, like, there was like Manson, and then this person that they're trying to figure out right now. Um. The uh. uh BTK. What, what's, no, no, not BTK. Well, BTK too. And then, but then and Atlanta. 
in Atlanta. Okay. Like that's a, that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah, no, this is this don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's it's word for word, but it, it literally is the um the the growth of the FBI. I'll say this too, because I just finished it. The result and how they like feel about it. So I was reading information on it. They treat it almost like a pseudo documentary with like yes. how it's been done. Yeah, that that's the beauty of it, where it's a reenactment, but it's it's pretty fucking close. So so I'm told. Oh man, it's it's so good. Hey, hey, and we're in DC, so that should just literally happen, like right over there. Quantico's an hour away. Yeah, maybe. But Mindhunter, man, that show is great. Again, I'll repeat it. What? I literally know nothing about the Manson case. It's like I know Manson's a bad guy, and he got. You should read to... about it. It's like very interesting stuff. But what blows my mind is Netflix didn't really buy any any documentaries on Manson. You would think that they would go, "Oh, Mine Hunters, we're going to put all this money. Let's just buy a bunch of, even if it's like shitty, like or incomplete or poorly done documentaries." They bought no documentaries on Manson. I had to go to YouTube, and you know how I feel about YouTube. No, they used to have it. Okay, because I'm watching it now. Right, right. Uh, like a, you just Manson, right? You just type in yeah, Manson, yeah. and it's um. They used to. There's because I've watched stuff on there. Okay, but they might get taken off. But like, yeah, that Manson stuff is like very odd. I, so, did you watch the movie um, Trouble at El Royale? Uh, they talk uh, Thor. The actor that plays Thor, he's in it, and he's kind of that Manson character where... That's weird, because Manson was short and... And not attractive, but it's a horrible movie. I mean, he wasn't bad-looking. He was just short and kind of knew how to talk to people. Yeah. Um, He was kind of like your 70s, kind of 60s kind of look. I watched a couple YouTube documentaries on him, and he... uh, He just looked like a hippie to me. That's all. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying is like, but that was kind of the look. Okay. But... <laughs> it, I, I feel like at that time frame, at that time range, like that 60s, 70s. I like, get why he would have gotten away with it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like back then when you didn't have YouTube, you couldn't fact check shit. You couldn't, like, bounce anything off of anybody. You could easily be a cult, a cult leader. It's like, everything's love, man. Well, like, like, like that's, that's like, uh, what's it called? Jonestown? Yeah. Like, like, uh, that, that past. Jim Jones? Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Like, I. <laughs> Sorry, dip set, dip set, dip aye. set. Hey, 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 hey. Um, <laughs> but like you know, like with the Jim Jones thing, like they kept talking about like how charismatic and how good looking he was, and I look at him and I'm like, yo, you look very stereotypical for your time. But yeah. that's that's what was in. I feel like we could have crushed in the sixties. <laughs> like. <laughs> Come here, my my brothers and sisters. And just... I, I told somebody I was like, they're like, if you could have grown up in whatever era you wanted to, what era would you grow up in? I said, probably like the seventies or eighties. And they're like, why? And I was like, because my music is just so like innovative for that time compared to like what it is now. And like, I feel like I would know how to write hits for like what was being pushed at the time. And they're like, are you not considering racism that during that time? I th- okay, okay. So let's let, let's. Th- I think there's a different question here. There's two different questions. Sure. If you could be in any time frame, 
like any time period, where what time would it be? So like you wake up tomorrow and you are in that time period. Right. Or it's like what you were saying, if you could be raised any time period, sure. what time? If I could be raised any time, I would literally be uh, maybe 16 years old right now. Whatever time period, however, I, I can't do so that. high school, huh? I would be high school <laughs> right now. Because right. here's the thing. I'm 39. I feel like I'm, I'm in that weird thing of like analog and digital. I understand what it's like to God, go somewhere man. to buy something from I someone. I hate. Well, I shouldn't say hate. I'm so confused with digital right now. And that's me being 31, man. Like that I, sucks. I, yes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. A, I'm. I'm not 100 percent proficient on either. Right. Like, um, for example, electricity goes out today. I'm fucked. We're all fucked. <laughs> Right, right, but right. I understand like social media. I understand how like a lot of things work. Sure. I understand how a lot of things work on the back end. Like, right. uh, I if I could, I would rather just be fearless and put all my shit out there, record everything, and just call it a like a goddamn sixteen year old. Right. Um, but because I'm fifty percent analog, I'm like, ah, you know this this might not <laughs> this might not end well. Like this, sure. I've got I've got a real life. Um, the beauty of my marriage is that I don't really look at my phone when I'm with my wife. Right. You know, uh, we're out to dinner, we're out to dinner. We don't like, oh, let's take a picture. We don't do that shit. Right. Which I think if I was 16 years old, everything is a fucking moment. Right. Um, but on the other end, it's like, yeah, I understand that all of the things you do digitally has a real life consequence. Right. So uh, this... I was raised in a my second choice. <laughs> if I could be raised anytime, I'd be 16 years old right now. But my second choice is literally where I am right now. Yeah, I have no like uh, I have no regrets about like where I'm <laughs> where I'm at right now. Okay, I mean, I, I, if I could literally wake up tomorrow, I would say some crazy shit like, "Yeah, let's go medieval time. Let's go 1600. I'll kill the king." Fuck it. I ain't scared. <laughs> I'm huge. Have, you, I'm have fu- you been to medieval times? Like the, the place in uh, Arundel Mills? <laughs> I mean, I've walked by it, but I'm not going there. I'm not watching a goddamn show. I, I kind of want to go. I guess, yeah, so does my wife. So I guess me, you, and you grab a date, we'll go. Anyways. Hey, DJ Navi. <laughs> <laughs> Hook me up with some of the chicks. No, I'd say, I'd say... Um, well, here's the thing about time travel, and this is not really relevant, but it's in my head. Uh, one of two things is going to happen. Right. Either you will die from whatever germs is there because you have no immunity to it, or you will literally kill everybody around you because they are not immune to the germs that you carry. Wow, that's very, very deep. Yeah. <laughs> that's very deep. Um, and if you want to even go crazier, 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 time travel won't work because uh, we are on a planet that's spinning, right? And then we are revolving around a sun, right? Okay. And then that sun is revolving around something. So we're just literally shooting through uh, the universe. How do you know that the sun is revolving around something? Because that is the, uh, that is the science of things. We are not moving. It's not like we're stationary in space. So the sun is moving as well. Yes. 
So, okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not I, revolving. I, I, around, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm just asking. We are moving through space. So the sun is going like this, and we're literally spinning through space. Sure. So you go, even so if, in a, in a, in a uh, just to understand um, your statement in in analogy. Sure. Basically, the sun is the earth as what the earth is to the moon right now. Because the moon revolves around the earth. Yes. And then the earth... So the earth the is sun. spinning around the sun, but the sun is spinning around something. Right, right, right. In a, yeah. in a, in a greater platform. In a huge... Okay. In, in a unscalable, fathomable thing. Sure. So if you look at it, like, we think, like, the sun's here, and we're kind of like, oh, just going around it. But the sun is moving, and we're just kind of, like, trying to keep up because mm. of the gravitational pull. Okay. So, if that is true, which I assume it is because people smarter than me have told me, if we were to go back even a day, we would not we'd be somewhere in space somewhere. As far as that motion. Yes. Okay. Because let's say we're here, this is the date that I want to go back. We're spinning, we're going around and I go back to that date, I'm in the middle I of I think the problem is is that um we keep trying <laughs> We keep trying to go in the opposite direction of the spinning. But really, what we need to do is just create TiVo for real life. <laughs> www.tutrum. <laughs> what does that mean? No, it's a joke, but also in the sense that just like, you know. <laughs> Good, because I was like, ah, you said it way too simply for me to be like, I don't get it. <laughs> No, just in the sense that like you record something, right? And you can rewind back to it. Yeah, so uh they say that uh time we, we if if we're looking at time, right? Time is going forward. Okay. Time is going you know, the past is behind us and we're going forward. Sure. That if you can move faster than the speed of light. Uh, time no longer becomes linear like this. It, you turn it, and it becomes like you can actually insert yourself at any point in time. Oh, I'm unaware of that. So it's saying, like, if you go, time is kind of like this. But if you move faster than time, then it kind of looks like this. Mm. Now, the issue is like, oh, let me go from here to back here. Right. But the problem is, if assuming you're moving faster than time, then everything is relative. Sure. So, you got to figure out where this is in the galaxy. I don't right. know how that all works. Obviously, nobody does, but I'm too drunk and I've watched <laughs> way too many YouTube videos. I like that you're drunk because I don't think I've seen you drunk. I mean, we have been pounding 8 9% beers. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm not knocking that. I'm just very impressed. Listen, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm regurgitating shit that I watch on YouTube. I got time. I watch a lot <laughs> of goddamn YouTube. I don't know if I know anything. I'm just saying stuff that other people have said. 